We back again, ladies and gentlemen. Master Bass in the Chazim, baby. That's, that's right, that's right. It's your boy Sticky hey. alongside Mugumbia. <laughs> and today we have a special person in the house tonight. Before this you way. introduce her, hey. she's gonna drop a freestyle. As usual, hey. we always have the freestyles. For go. us, we don't care about you are a lawyer, about you are a teacher, or you know what to a two, uh, a three. Here we go. go. Oh, one, one, two, three, four. Uh, let's go. Uh. My name is Munyana. Uh-huh. I come from a place called Bunga. Yeah. Uh, a really cool place with a view. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And if you're really good, I'll invite you over too. Blow, 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 blow. This is one of our favorite parts of the show. At least you tried, man. man. Yeah. It was all in the try. Um, but you're not I, about to give me a contract, right? Definitely not getting a contract well, that one. Um, <laughs> it's okay, Steve. You can say it. I can take it. I'm a big girl. You can say it. You you get an A for effort. <laughs> a whole medal. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, we got a special guest in the Chizim, baby. Another lady. Yeah. We, we're always happy to uh, to host uh, ladies. Yeah. Thank you, thank not, you. Not that we have anything against men. However, yeah. uh, ladies are something special. Yeah, you are special, and, thank you. and um, we feel you play a big role in in our creative industry. Yes. Uh, however, we need a lot more of you. Mm, uh, and before we dive into the first question, first introduce yourself. All right, all right. Hey. I, love, I always love this part. So mm. my name is Solea Munyana. I happen to be a narrative strategist. That's just, I know, right? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Ask the question. A narrative <laughs> strategist? What do those people do? So, a narrative strategist is just a fancy way of me saying that I'm a TV and film producer. I had to find a way to differentiate myself from everybody else, so I had someone use that term. Narrative strategist. So that's what I go by. I'm a narrative strategist. I've been in the business for close to two decades now. And um, what else could I say? I love stories. I'm obsessed with stories. I love talking to people. Mm. I like reading stories. Mm. I like Mnanke, properly. I'm one of those people who's just like, can you please wrap it up? I'm one yeah. of those people who's like, okay, bye. Then we're in the parking lot for another 20 minutes. Okay, bye. <laughs> so in like, other words, mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Because all, all you ladies, yes. you you love, love these to things. Talk. Yes, so yes. You're, you're one of the few who are making a living out of. Very true. <laughs> my natural gifts. My natural gifts. Yes. Why not? Why not? Survive. You're making a living out of. <laughs> hey, out of that, mm, yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, no, yeah, that's, it's it's what they do every yeah, day. So that's, that's, she was like, you know what? Let me be intentional. Yeah. Really how can this be? I was paying attention. Hey. Yes. Let me be intentional about my gift as mm-hmm. a woman mm. who loves to talk. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. What else? What else? What else? Um. So I've worked in TV. I have worked in the film industry. I have worked in uh, what could I call it? Ushers. I've worked as an usher. You know, as people would be like, "Welcome to the conference. Yeah. Uh, can I please and take your smile. name?" And you smile and you act all polite. Yeah. I have done beadwork. I have done a bit of Bead. tailoring. A bit of it. Yes. Uh, yeah. What do you mean? Beadwork, like making beads. beads. Yeah, like jewelry hey. and stuff. Yeah. yeah? Okay. Uh, because my mom happens Art. to be a fashion designer, mm. so it was one mm. of the things where she hoped I'll take her talent mm. but man I don't have the patience this business of cutting patterns and yeah. people telling you things don't fit them I'm like I don't have time for that in this life so yeah. 
my creativity came out through, and I didn't realize it, of course, at first, but it came out through my storytelling. Mm. And it wasn't until I think I was probably 19 years old that I realized I could make a career out of it. When I was mm. just like, they can actually pay you to actually tell stories. This is amazing. I can come up with an idea and put it out there and people pay me for this. I was like, this is really cool. So at 19, I pretty much figured out what I wanted to do with my life. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And just to give you an idea, I'm now 42 and some months. 42 and five months, I think, yeah. Really? Count months, yeah. First of all, mm-hmm. 42 looks good on you. Yeah. Sent you, please, sent you. I, <laughs> Let me, I'm just going to put that out there. Sent you, Steve, mm. man. It's boosting my self-esteem. Sent you, please. No, seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Uh, I also like your name. Thank you. Munyana. Yes. It sounds like a movie. It, it, it's it's like from, too exotic. Man. You know like what I mean? It's, yeah. It sounds like it's from a Wakanda movie. Wow. Those okay. names. Thank you. Munyana. Mm. You know? What does it mean? Where do they come from? What are those people? My name, at first I thought it only came from Western Uganda. So my mm. mom is a Muganda, my dad is a Mnyankole. So I was named after, I think, one of his aunts, his favorite aunts. Mm. So I took on her name, Munyana, and another aunt called Sarah. So my full names, which are many, mm. one of them are, the three of them are Solea, Sarah, Munyana. Those are the three names that I go by. Mm. So Munyana means calf, Enyana. Like, hey. Oh, so yeah, calf. Uh, but I realized uh, Kenyans also claim it. There's a different variation of the name. But does Kenya. it still mean the same thing in Kenya? No, I don't think it means the same thing. But Kenyans have it, Burundi, Rwanda, even in South Africa, there were some people saying that that's, that's our name. I was like, guys, hey, it's yeah. all in the family. I'm sure we're all part of the same group. Yeah. It's probably a Bantu name. So that's why I so got the name Manana. Oh, is it English? No, it's French. My yeah. mother has an obsession with the French language. Um, she loves the language, loves the country. So she wanted a girl. And she just kept getting boy, boy, boy. So finally, when I came around, it was, yeah, yes. Oh when I came God. around, it was just like, hey, finally the girl is here. So, yeah. so Leah means sunshine. Oh. It's an but indirect translation. She comes off serious. You don't come off as a last born. Yeah. Man, it's, huh? that's what happens when the you grow up with bo- brothers. Last bones in the, in in the, the building. <laughs> Man, me and my middle child, you know, uh, we're always the ones who are left out. No, you so. guys, you, you have your own set of rules, we, we your survivors. You're, you know what I mean? Yeah, we are always by ourselves. Are, mm, that's true. You guys are survivors. You know how to handle things. Did you study here? Did you study yes. at all, first yes. of all? That's a good question. Thank yeah. you for asking that. Did I actually study? Yes, I did. So I studied um, both in Kenya for a bit and then in Uganda for most of my education. Mm. Um, so, of course, that adjustment from the Kenyan schooling and coming to Uganda was a bit of a trick for me because I remember at the time, you know, when we were in Kenya, it was all about free thinking and be a child and mm. use your imagination. I came here, it was like one plus Boko. one equals two. two. Yeah, the you don't explain. Time, and I used to do the things of uh, <laughs> teacher, I, do, I don't understand. The first time I got Kane, it, it was a wake up call. I was like, uh, did yeah, you just welcome teach to me? Uganda. Born in Kenya? Yes, born in Kenya, but... I was in and out. So born in Kenya, grew up for a bit in Uganda. Of course, the 80s happened. Mm. You know what? With the disruption, mm. ended up going to Kenya, was there for a while, then came back to Uganda. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so school was very interesting w- w- for me in that regard. Your parents were working there, I assume. Yes. Uh, we're working there because, of course, we're living in exile at the time. Oh. So it was always that thing mm. of there'll come a time when we yeah, have to go of back like, home. Uh, we had uh, mm. Gaetano here. Yeah. It's, our stories day. are pretty similar. Yeah, that generation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, some of us didn't get the privilege of, uh, <laughs> of leaving the country. Country, country, country. Indeed, yes. I think uh, mm. our parents uh, did not. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, I would like on. to ask you something very serious. Yes. Why do you think there are less uh, ladies in in this industry? 
mm. film, music. Basically, first of all, do you think that's true? Yes, I do think it's true. Um, And I'll tell you why. Uh, When I was coming up as a teenager at the time, and I was working at WBS, that's where I met our boy, Hosea. So when I was coming up... You're from Hosea's days. Can you imagine? Okay. You know, I've I've forgotten that she mentioned her age. Hosea is much younger than me, that's to be clear. Because... No. There's no way. Because Hosea... Mm -hmm. Did Bernadette's video with yeah. the way, yeah. When, when I was still, still young. young. And then I'm, not, I'm not that old. <laughs> you know. So you're not your He's not my mentor. He's, He's your senior. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, senior. Mm-hmm. And also not just my senior, but also a senior citizen. You <laughs> know what I mean? In He's, this country. Because oh, yeah, they did Chameleon's videos when Chameleon was young. Yeah. Oh my goodness. When he was starting. Mm. So you can imagine. So. <laughs> Was it? Anyway. Was skipping. He's saying mm. we move on. Okay, yeah. all right, all right, all right, sorry. So anyway, so it was at, at WBS when I realized, I think uh, that there were very few of us women in mm. the industry. Um, a lot of the female representation I saw in front of the camera, not so many people behind the camera. Yeah. And I remember the time when I was told, um, Elvis Sechanzi, who was the executive director at the time, actually gave me my first job at WBS. Mm. And he saw something in me where he was like, oh, so I think you could be in front of the camera. I was like, mm. I, I, I don't want to. But mm. I was straight out of Essex. And of course, when your elder says do something, you're like, okay, yeah. fine, I'll do it. And you remember back in the day when you used to have links presenters, mm. where you'd be like, coming up next is mm. the hostel or whatever it would be. So that's what they had me do. They said do the links. Up next. Uh, up next. Mm. On, you know, now then graphics came and took mm. over that. But I noticed then that most of the female talent was in front of the camera. But the flip side was also, I noticed that women were criticized more. You know, how are you dressed? What were you wearing? That seemed to also be an issue that came up a lot. So a lot of women couldn't deal with that form of criticism. Guys would get it, but not as pointed mm. as the women. And then there was also, also the other side to it that I was able to witness quite young, and I'm glad that I did, was, you know, Uganda at the time and even now, pretty much still very traditional. Um, it doesn't matter how modern you are as a couple. Mm. Somehow the responsibilities of parenting will fall to you. So, you know, you could be in the middle of the show and you get that phone and call. And you have to Way, the child is sick and the teachers always call you. They never call their parents. I would see a lot of women struggling with that balance. So even those who wanted to pursue it would end up dropping out. But mm. as time went on, my my whole idea was I'll try to encourage as, much, as many women as I can along the way and encourage them to step behind the camera. I'm like, you're lifetime in front of the camera is very limited mm. at the time. It, you know, it was... if. As long as you're young, you were great in front of the camera. Mm. But after that, you had to start thinking of what was going to happen afterwards. After. And behind the camera, you actually have more power. You have more um, authority to write stories or to tell stories the way you want. Mm. But getting people to do that was also another hard issue. So yes, there's still very few women in front of the camera. Speaking to young girls today, of course, with social media, there's a lot of critique about how you look and what you're wearing. So there's that fear of being judged. So I, my whole mission in life right now, anytime I meet a young creative and she's female, I'm like, you better step up to that mic, step up in front of the camera, do your thing. Because there's only one you. That's the only way I can speak to them. There's only one you. So just present your unique self to everybody. Those who like you, like you. Those who don't, don't. Jesus was never liked. So if you can get over that mindset of people loving you and adoring you, you'll find your tribe, you'll find people, your audience that really loves the content you present. Just make sure you step up in front of the, the I, I think I think really social media has, has messed things up a little bit for mm. a lot of people. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we tend to get caught up in numbers yes, or yeah. likes, yeah. likes, views. Yeah. Mm. You know, 
there'll always be somebody who appreciates what you do. True. Yeah. Uh, um, even if it's one or two, mm. uh, and you change their lives, you know, I, I, I think that's, that's better than, you know, having uh, a lot of likes, but, you know, you're not relevant. And, mm. Yes, uh, you're not giving you're anything of value. Yeah. Mm, mm, you're yeah. absolutely right, 100%. Because a lot of people, uh, including myself, sometimes you're on social media, you, you may like something not, not because you like it. Sometimes it's just a passive. Mm-hmm. When you have your phone in your hand sometimes, you're like, yeah. okay. Yeah. That yeah, like, mm. yeah, but you're not like, oh my God, this is really good. I like yeah. it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So the likes don't really represent mm. or reflect how people feel about what you're doing. That's very you true. Know? Yeah. Now, social media, people can follow you even if they hate you. Mm. Oh, yeah. They just want to find a way of getting you. Yes, yeah. your stalkers. Yeah, Steve is in some experience in yeah. this, it seems. You're talking from a deep place. Yeah, no, I know. Like, <laughs> uh, when it comes to social media, like, I, know, I know how it works. Mm-hmm. I, I, trust me. Yeah, I've true. been on social media for quite a bit. But, but there's, uh, one of the things that she mentioned, at Bernard, I don't know if, it's, if, people, if women who are in... In, in, in the creative world or in art, if they need uh, some sort of training, let's say if they're going to go into having children and all that and marriage, because mm. do do, have you noticed that most of them, their careers drop as soon as either they get married or they have a child? Like everything just, like, no, can be like I, I, that girl used to sing, oh, she's yeah. like, the moment she got married. Yeah, I, I think that's it's, 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 a cultural uh, thing? Yeah, especially in a lot of African countries where we, like, we don't plan for that plan. part of life yeah. for women. You said we, it, you said it. You yeah. know, even in our workplaces, mm. uh, you know, you see some companies, they just say, ah, she, she got pregnant, we need to replace her. Yeah, because you know, for the next five years, you don't yeah. have this person or something uh, like yeah. that. Yeah, I true. think, I think, we, uh, policy makers, bosses, yeah. and whatever, we sort of also have we, ben, we've you played hit the role. one of those sound effects. <laughs> <on that side>. <laughs> 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 no, seriously, you're supported. Like, the, the biggest word you said is planning to mm-hmm. know yeah. Yeah. if someone gets pregnant, uh, you have to think through it. How are we going to be able to still work with this person yeah. through this time? Uh-huh. Yeah. How can we adjust to that? And also be able to appreciate and see that it's 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 part of life. It's yeah, you yep. know, it's normal. It's not a it's not a disease. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> disability. Like I don't yeah. know. That's true. Like I think sh- you, you've said something really valuable there. You know, yeah. because sometimes people are wondering what do the women need to do. Women are left with two choices: it's either you're going to have a family or you're not. If yeah. you're going to move in this industry, so hearing. Benon says something like, you know, it's up to us now, the ones who are making the policies. Yeah. Like, can we make life a little more? Can we accommodate and plan mm. for that in life so that yeah. people aren't put off having that work-life balance? Mm. Like, do I have to sacrifice having a family in order for me to have this career or can I have it both? Yeah. But of course, knowing maybe if I'm going to go on to be a parent, I have to scale back on certain things. Yeah. Like, I can definitely still be a valuable person in this uh, yeah. company. Yeah. One of the I, people who has really handled that well is Vinka in my... In my she had a baby. It, yeah. She's on a roll. Yeah. She got yeah. back on stage and uh-huh. she's killing it. Yeah. And I see yeah. like uh, our tabloids and and uh, yeah. these funny funny um, uh, TV shows, blogs. Mm. They put a lot of pressure on 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 ladies. Yeah. Uh, especially uh, the musicians. Mm. Oh, she's she's pregnant. Can you believe that? Mm. Like as if it's, <laughs> it's a crime, <laughs> you know. 
and and yeah, some 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 of the girls, Bambi, they don't they, even know how to to handle that. To yeah. handle that, true, oh. true. Yeah, um, it's it's terrible. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. usually, um, there's a pattern that that I want to confirm. Okay. Um, usually, uh, ladies. Even guys, mm. um, thank goodness. That's going to be like I'm, I'm not an expert now. <laughs> it, um, usually, their parents, or you know, uh, growing up, mm. uh, there's there's a bit of the parents are a bit open-minded. Yes, uh, they are not boxed in. Uh, should be a doctor, lawyer, mm. you know that kind of stuff. True. W- what were your parents like? Mm. Uh, my parents are like my biggest supporters. I think I was very, and I recognize my privilege in that regard, mm. that I'm very yeah. blessed. I think also yeah. being at the end of the line also takes pressure off of me. Uh. Like I don't, I have a brother who's a lawyer, you know, so oh. he took, he took so, care uh, of that. We already that. have lawyers. We already have lawyers. <laughs> it's okay, off he, the sort hook. Of, he took, uh. took the pressure off of me, but I think specifically my mom, mm. because she is a creative herself, you know, she was someone whom I observed how she used to roll in the industry. My mom back in 2000, maybe it was 1999 or 2000, my mom is a Muganda. So her mother, who's my grandmother, obviously, um, was a very traditional, like when she hit, I think her 50s, she was like, I have to start wearing a Gomez. Mm. You know, this is a lady who's been a headmistress at Zambia, uh, St. Peter's, she, you know, is a teacher, but suddenly she went traditional. Mm. And I was just like, now I have to real look like I'm a Muganda woman and I'm going to be wearing my chikoi and everything with my Gomez that has five meters worth of fabric. (laughs) But you know, she was getting older and my Mm. mom was just like, you can't keep wearing a Gomez. For goodness sake, you have to wear, you know, try and wearing a a, a bui bui, you know, Mm. she was like, "Mm." I'm mm. Uganda, chill me. Mm. So my mom then decided to design a dress and she designed uh, the Gomez 2000. That's what she mm. called hey. it. Where she just made it a dress mm. and then the, the belt was, the sash, instead of you having to struggle to tie, it was just mm. a clip on, a button mm. on, but you could still wear that chikoi. So my grandmother sort of accepted, she's like, okay, if it still has those elements, then mm. I believe that it's still a Gomez. So I think by observing her and even how she encouraged me, you know, because she'll just be like, you're really good at English, you're really good at telling stories. Mm. Till this day, she's just like, you're really an amazing storyteller. Mm. So with that sort of encouragement, and even my brothers, you know, when you grow up with boys, you're built different. Mm. <laughs> like those guys, they feel it's their responsibility to, to harden take, you. Yeah. Like <laughs> we are going to hit you with all the blows before life can actually hammer them at you. So mm. my, because we grew up, of course, in the 80s and the 90s, entertainment wasn't that readily available. Mm. So my brothers were very gifted storytellers. They just, we just had this habit of, you know, using your imagination. Just, you'll be seated out in the compound as kids, so bored out of your mind. There's nothing to do. It's 3, a.m., 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Literally nothing. And then my brother would just be like, Imagine the ground starts to shake right now and it bursts open and out shoots out oil. You're now a millionaire. What's the first thing you buy? Go. And it'll be like, ah, and you know, you can't do this. I'll buy sweets. Of course, I was like, I'll buy sweets. I'll buy about what? And you'll be like, your thing is weak. Let me tell you what I'll do. I'll pull up to school in a limousine. It'll be a Mercedes. I'll have bodyguards. And you'll be like, wow. So I found that my imagination was really cultivated at that time a lot. So I grew up with a creative 
family, much as creativity wasn't something that we found very encouraged here. Like, mm. you know, making MC Hammer pants because MC Hammer was the guy at the time. Mm. And, you know, uh, going out at Uganda House, Uganda House had all these tailors and embroidery, embroidery people, you know, school outfitters, penny garments. So we'd go there and get these stickers that you could iron onto jackets, uh, you know, Ooh. the Mighty Ducks, Lego mm. Eagles. Like, we'd come up with all these things. My mom was like, if you want a costume for your school performance, you can make it, you can tell me what you want, but you can also make it yourself. So I think with that creativity coming in and also reading a lot, um, it was very easy as a child to actually nurture that gift. My dad is quite traditional, so there's a time when I rolled up to him and I told him in S4, I don't want to study anymore. I want to be a beauty therapist. And the young man looked at me and said, what is that? And I said, well, you teach people how to look after their hair, nails and makeup. And he was just like, does that put food on the table? I was like, mm. I don't know. But mm. it sounds really cool. He was like, yeah, you're going to continue with your education. Mm. Beauty therapist will put on pause. So mm. he, it took him a while to come around to it. And I mm. think even now, if you ask him, what does, what does your daughter do? He'll be like, mm, something to do with the cameras and telling stories. Mm. Yeah, something <laughs> along those lines. Yeah, But he's still, he's very, very encouraging. And he's also a very gifted storyteller himself. Oh, yeah. So it, it runs in the family. Yes, 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 indeed. That's, that's dope. Mm. You know, yeah, she was talking about... Uh, putting stickers on their jackets. Some of us uh. were designing cobwebs. <laughs> in the, in the, when you're ironing uh, on the back uh, of the shirt. Uh, and stuff. Uh, man, eh? <laughs> okay, so. Yes. The big one in the room. Yes. Tell us about the hostel. Oh, the hostel. What do you want no, to know? Let, let, her, let her first tell us about uh, the big projects she's worked on. Um, and then, then we'll dive we'll get into to that. the hostel. Yeah. Oh gosh, looking mm. back, what are the big projects I've worked on? Oh, was that like your first, you know, big project? That was the first project I was given uh, creative control over Ooh. with with the hostel. Um, but and with but before that, I was working. I'd say the big one we had done, but I wasn't like the main person. But I was one of the producers while at NTV. One of the producers I was working with, Kifa Walusimbi, we were obsessed with So You Think You Can Dance. Um, mm. We had a period of time when NTB was shut down for close to eight months. Government wasn't feeling us then. So we were shut down for eight months. You had to guess, guess. We had yeah, to guess, guess, yeah, yeah. Yes. So we were, you know when you're just showing up to work doing absolutely nothing, like we're still being paid, but we're showing up to work and everyone starts getting a little, you know, antsy and they're just like, what are we going to do? My goodness, it's so boring. One week went to two, three weeks, four weeks, a month. You know, it's stretched on. So during that time, we were watching a lot of stuff because there's internet, why not just watch? So, so you think you can dance, I just started. Mm. So Kifa keeps watching it and he's just like, you guys, I think we could do something like this in Uganda. And everyone's like, we don't have dance choreographer teachers, we don't have this. Like we were listing mm. all the reasons why it couldn't be done. Kifa kept pushing, said this mm. thing can be done. So he came up with the idea, instead of, so you think you can dance, he called it Hot Steps, mm. right? So that was the first reality dance show that had been done at least to that magnitude. Mm. And he was like, let's cover the country, let's go around. So I remember being a part of that and realizing how amazing it felt engaging with an audience mm. right there and then, mm. having people perform, people bring up their best performances. Mm. And then actually, I think Rosemary was one of the, mm. now a well-known uh, choreographer, mm. was one of the dancers who came oh, up. And at the time she the was- three girls. Yeah, mm. and she was a kid at the time. Uh, you mm. know, at the time, she, I think she was like 16 or something. And I remember just how amazing it was to see people's lives being transformed. She didn't win that year, but yeah. I think she's become one of the most successful choreographers yeah. since. Yeah. So with Hot Steps, you know, we did a whole bunch of other shows. There was Profiles, where we looked into, it was a magazine show. <coughs> the great thing about working in TV, you are forced to work, well not forced, let me not use that word, you're encouraged, mm. <laughs> you're encouraged to work <laughs> under many different genres. Like you have yeah. to learn, 
you know, let's see, can I do a live music show, jam agenda sort of thing? Mm. Can I actually do um, a documentary series? Can I do a travel show? Can I do news? Okay, I never touched news because I was like, I, I don't even understand the whole aspect behind it, but mm. I could do it, but I didn't want to do it. Mm. So it was learning the different genres and then after that, figuring out what you actually uh, did very well. So by the time I left NTV, Four years in, I was itching to do something different, and that's when the hostel came up. Now, the hostel came as an idea because my first responsibility as a creative director was go find us producers. I was like, mm-hmm. eh, in this country of ours, where am I going to find them? Everyone has been taken up. So the hostel came through, um, and when it came through, it was just it was an idea submitted by two music producers, uh, Moses and Emmanuel, um, and they just said, you know, who, wait, who, Moses, who? Moses Sabiti, Sabiti, yes, and Emmanuel. I remember his nickname was Buba. Mm. Yeah, so they, those were the two music producers and it was based on their lives, the hostel. Um, so when the story came, it was just about two guys and their perspective. So I remember looking at it saying, okay, this looks good, but where's the female element? Like I, we're not feeling the females, almost like show pieces. Mm. So we tried to work on that and then we much later realized, and at the time, sorry, let me just even backtrack. My boss at the time, Conrad Nkutu, says, okay, so I come up with ways in which we're going to make money. And I came in as a creative, guys. Remember, my title's creative director. That's what mm. I'm going to do, right? Mm. I, pro- I create content, guys. That's what mm. I do. Mm. And I was like, you create, a, you create um, products that are going to bring money. Oh, so from NTV, mm. you join... Uh, Fast Track Productions. Yeah. And that's when I was told, mm. come up with the ideas to make money. And I was like, that has never been my problem. There's mm. a team called the marketing and sales department. That's their they will, thing. They hey, will deal with... Me, I know to create. Let those guys sell. So. It's like, no, no, no. You create what can actually sell. Yeah, because yeah. you you creative sometimes you have a tendency of just creating oh, things. Oh, that <laughs> don't go anywhere. Yeah, uh, uh, then the sky flies to the moon. And uh, then, uh, where's the money? You uh, know. Uh, so yeah, that that was that was part of the the challenge when he said, um, and he just said, I want you to come up with a concept for a daily show. Mm. I said, remember those shows we grew up watching? I was mm. like, about which ones now? It's like, days of our lives, neighbors, all my children. I was like, yeah, that's in America. Mm. And they have entire sets dedicated to this. Mm. We don't have that. Do you see mm. where we are? And he was like, mm. yeah. He listened to me, list all the excuses, and said, mm-hmm. so uh, go about figuring out how we can create a daily show. And mm. that's how it was one of those things of challenge accepted. He gave me a mm. problem and he was just like, you solve mm. it. So the hostel was huge in terms of what we wanted to deliver. And I remember mm. I asked everybody I knew, do you know how to do a daily show? And mm. everyone would come back to us and laugh and say, it can't be done in Uganda. Maybe mm. ask Kenyans. Mm. Kenyans laughed at us and said, you guys can't even afford us. Mm. <laughs> they really assured us. Yes. But they were willing to That's do it. Mm. I know, they were willing to do it. But then Conrad's thing was, this has to be done by Ugandans. Because that was his bigger picture. I actually mm. want to create um, a place where people can be hired, where, you know, it's almost like a learning curve. Come in, actually get hired, start working, and then... Mm. You know, you can go on to build your career. So the hostel was huge. Uh, we, and I realized the time when I started doing it and we started to break down how much it would entail, what does it take to create a daily show? When I started reaching out to people and I couldn't find anyone within our community who could give me some clear guidance. Remember, this is early, what, 2010, roughly? 2000, uh, 2009, early 2010. Reached out to a guy called Chuck Peters who was a YouTuber. And at the end of every YouTube video, he was a DOP. He'd say, hey, if you have any questions, mm. reach out to me and ask. Mm. So I sent him an email and I just said, hey, from Uganda, this little mm. country in East Africa, mm. this is a project that we have. <laughs> like, you know, you, have to, you can't assume people know who we yeah. are. So True. I was like, uh, you know, we have this project coming up and this is what we want to do. And he wrote back in less than, I think it was 24 hours, he had responded. Mm. He said, Solea, first and foremost, 
best of luck because this sounds like a, a crazy project. Yeah. But in order for you to execute this, um, this is what I'm just thinking that you need to do. You need mm. to have a, a limitation of not more than two to three sets that you use on a rotational basis. Yeah. How many characters you can have. Mm. And then he went on to share his workflow with me, his production schedule. And it was so important in that regard. Like That's the reason why I am always giving back. If someone comes to me for advice, I always give it back to them because of what he said. Uh, and because of the kindness I got from a complete stranger. And he shared all of this with me. And that's how we started off the hostel. We, we brought on, wow. I, at the time, I knew we need scriptwriters. Mm. My only experience at that time in TV dramas was that I knew how to watch them. Like, I knew what <laughs> made a good story. Okay. That's a great story. That's a good story. No, that, that's, 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 that's important as well. Because, yeah. uh, actually, so here, <laughs> sorry, uh, we, have, we, have, uh, we have Julius. But Julius, for lack of better words, he can't, explain any musical technicalities. Mm -hmm. But he knows what he, makes he knows like a consumer. good song. <laughs> yeah. he, he will listen to it and say, no, I don't like that song. Yeah. Or I like this song. Exactly. As simple as that. And I think that's also another important thing for young creatives out there, or people who are in the creative industry, to trust your gut. Mm -hmm. There are things that you know. You can't explain it. Like yeah. for me, my tell sign to know that something is good is that I get goosebumps. I can mm. actually feel it when it's a good story and I'm like, that's something. And I know immediately follow that. Yeah. But the minute I, I ignore it and let it go, I won't remember. Yeah. And maybe much, much later, someone will say to me like, damn it, I had, that, I, had, mm. I had that same idea. And now somebody else is mm. actually yeah. executing it. So it was yeah. following my gut and just knowing that I know what makes a good story. Mm. I know what, and Gossip Girl at the time was huge. Mm. Um, I think Desperate Housewives was also another big thing. 24 was a big thing. And let me tell mm. you the amount of resistance that we got from people. When we finally got good people on the show, one of the things we made sure, I got people who are much more experienced than me on board. Mm. People like Kwezi Kaganda, mm. Konso Buzabo, who are very gifted script writers. Mm. And then even with their addition, we realized we needed more. Mm. So we had to get editors who knew how to edit shows mm. like this because mm. not any editor could do it. So mm. Esther Chintu joined us. Esther coming from Makutano Finally, Junction. Uh, a female. A female, yeah. Mm. Es no, but even Konso is a female now. Konso. Eh? Konso is a female, yeah. Okay. So it was good because we needed that female balance. How mm. do women talk? How do they express their emotions? All of this has to come through. Mm. And I think we went for eight months after we shot the pilot pitching to every hey. company you can think of. Mm. Our MD at the time, Conrad Nkutu. Mm. There was no door that was shut to him. He was a former uh, managing director of Monitor and had mm. also been at Nation Media Group. Mm. So we had access. We could mm. get into that door. But walking yeah. into that boardroom and convincing, the guys are seated looking at you as you're yeah. pitching your heart mm. out and you're like, so guys, this would be a really great show and you show mm. them the pilot and we, yeah, well, well, well. you know, they're just looking at you going, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Who is going to watch this? Me, I watched Desperate Housewives. I remember mm. a classmate of mine telling me that, and I was just like, "What? You're supposed to be supporting me. Like, yeah. what's going on here?" Mm. She's just like, "Me, I don't have time to watch these local shows." Me, mm. I watched Desperate Housewives, and I was like, "Wow!" wow. Somebody else said, uh, "A local production." Mm. I have DSTV. I don't watch local productions. I was like, "Eh, you guys." So, mm. how are we going to grow the industry if you mm. don't support us? So, with Hostel. In the very beginning, once we realized the amount of work we had in front of us, we knew how much it was going to take, one, in terms of time. I remember personally saying to myself, because at the time I was probably 28, I'd gotten a job of a, a lifetime, opportunity of a lifetime. Someone saying, I don't care what you do, just two things, manage your budget and manage timelines. Mm. That's all. Mm. And you better make sure you keep an eye on both of those. 
So having that freedom, finally, you know when you're complaining, man, if I was a boss of this place, man, if they would just give me the room, the mm. things I would do, hey, now that opportunity has yeah. come, now yeah. you do it, what mm. can you do? And I knew by building the right team, that was part of it. Yeah. Getting people who were smarter than me on board was part of it. I had to be a leader, not That's a boss. Tough. Yeah. Mm. To yeah. be a leader, not a boss, not to think I have all the answers. Like, mm. me saying, no, guys, we should, I would have to humble self and the, I don't know who, maybe it's the cook who has told me, Gwei, I can't be feeding your chaps if you're not letting people out on time. Otherwise, guys are going to be eating cold food or whatever mm. it might be. Or listening to the sound guy who says, Gwei, every time we're shooting, the location you picked is beneath a, a highway. Mm. All the planes are passing over here, so there's nothing mm. I can do. The quality of sound is, is terrible. So having to make myself a student and also knowing that YouTube, I was a student of the University of YouTube from very early on, mm. yeah. reading of books. There's one called The Success, Success Through a Positive Mindset by uh, Napoleon Hill. Mm. I read that book like it was my Bible, like mm. highlighted, you know, things mm. about what do you do when you go into territory that is unknown. Mm. There's no one you can, no one has a blueprint to give you to say, this mm. is how you do it. Step yeah. one is ba 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 ba. And then also making sure I learned, the learning curve was very steep. I made a number of mistakes. Uh, and I knew at the very beginning, once I saw the magnitude of the work, I said, I do not have a social life for the next two years. Like I could mm. see it and I just said, for the next two years, in order for this project to get to where it has to get to, I can't take my eye off the ball. Bye-bye parties. Everything. By the way, I told friends, it was friends. almost like what? a dear whatever letter of, guys, I sent them a group text, I will not be joining you anymore for any of our progies, so yeah. count me out. Uh, and they thought I was joking, but I was mm. like, you're not going to see me. I was mm. working all the way in Mutungo. So I was working and we were all working from like, I was up by 5 a.m., back home by maybe midnight mm. and then to do it all over again Monday through Saturday. Mm. So that went on for about four years, back to back, having to work like that. Um, yeah, just making sure you, you can't fall sick, you can't afford to fall sick, yeah. right? If you're sick, you show up. Just show up, at least people see you seated in the chair working. So, But one of the things I learned about that was I couldn't be, the buck couldn't stop with me, mm. learning to empower other people, how my boss had empowered me. Mm actually yeah. grooming talent and saying, <laughs> yo hey, finally uh, for that is so important i learned that the hard way mm -hmm. um i was the kind of person with what they call the founder's syndrome yes mm. you know uh, you know everything had to run by me i uh, the dna yeah yes. and you know i i felt like i can't lose control like this, micromanaging this everything uh -huh. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yo, it's it's so. It's a tough lesson. Yeah, it, and I mean, there are other passionate people that mm. are capable of mm -hmm. of doing the same things that you do. Exactly. And it only just makes you grow mm. um, and relieves you into mm. doing other things. And so I it's, like it's it. very also important. in terms of perspective. Yeah, the perspective becomes wider because you know you yeah, can have a, very. a you can become, you can have an idea in your head. Mm -hmm. The moment you share it with someone, and someone can be like, "Have you ever thought about that?" You're like, "Oh mm. my god, yeah. that's that even amazing. bigger." Yeah. You know? yeah. We had Nathan mm -hmm. Mugola on yes. here, mm -hmm. and he said, "For him, more than anything <laughs> in the world." Did he say what? Did he call it project management? Yeah, like, project management. He was like, "You can be the best creative, mm -hmm. uh, doing amazing stuff." But if you can't Once. meet deadlines, you you know you understand that kind of yeah. thing. Mm. You can't it's you useless. can't manage your like you said budgets mm. and, and timelines. Time yeah. yeah, like if you can't beat those, 
it doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter how creative you are, you're still going to fail. People I don't mean, want to work with anyone who doesn't want to. And you must to. know so many people who have you all know? these amazing projects on, mm. their, on their laptops. Yeah. yeah. Guys who haven't released, they say, man, I did this thing. Then you look yeah. at it like, how come you haven't released yeah. it? Exactly. Ah, man, you know, things are tight. Like one, you know? I need to fix here. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yes, yeah. yes. There's, yeah. And there's, there's also knowing when to let go of things. Like, uh-huh. even with, with, with the show being the first, yeah. There was a standard that we were aiming for, but we mm. were here. And I remember just mm. thinking, if one, you know, you almost want to mm. push it up, like if we could mm. only get up here, but First we had to all, go through the process. That show was so big. Yeah. I've, met pe- I've met people in Nigeria, mm-hmm. and I think in South Africa and Kenya, mm-hmm. who talk about it. Like, this this show that was mm. called, because it was on DSTV. Yes, right? it was on DSTV. So they were like, this is a show from Uganda, the hostel. It's really, really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no. I've met people from away from here. And, and they you know, know the show. But it all has to do now with, with the vision of the leader. Yeah. So we had someone like Conrad Nkutu as our vision. Like he did not see things stopping in Uganda. His whole yeah. thing was this thing is going continental mm. as far as I'm concerned and I'm also aiming at the diaspora. Yeah. He was one of those people who was thinking about already having a Netflix sort of Africa. I think mm. Netflix hadn't come about by that time. Yeah. I think maybe they were just starting out. Blockbusters were still a thing. Mm. So Nigeria, I think someone had started it off. There was someone mm. in America who had also mm. started. I think it was, I don't know what it was, but it was a subscription pay mm. so that you can actually make mm. sure that people are video on demand platform. Yeah. So having people who are visionaries as your leader is very, very important because mm. if they can give you actually, the big picture. Uh, mm. ne, ne, um, Magola mentioned that as well. Yeah. It's, mm. it's very important. Yeah. You can all be very talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you need that person who's going to point that, that yo, this yeah. is where we're going. Yes, yeah. and, then and so keep the vision in front yeah. of the entire team so that mm-hmm. everybody, whether it's from the PA all the mm-hmm. way to the director, everyone sees the vision. This yeah. is the direct. This is the mountain top we're going to conquer. So I think mm-hmm. great leadership helped a lot and. Even I found mentors who pushed me and, and made sure that I could keep striving for more. So Hostel was one of those moments where I was like, this has taken four years of my life. Mm. And I think at the time with the popularity of the show, one, because it was also the first of. Yeah. That's also the advantage of doing things. So that's why I encourage people, if you have an idea and no one has done it, go for it. Mm. Chances are you being the first to have done it will mm. be your success story mm. in itself. And it being the first of, we made it look possible. Mm. Co- the corporate world started to take us seriously. Yeah. Before, guys would be like, guys from the creative industry, are by, yeah, yeah, uh, they, you come in with your dreadlocks and uh, your ripped jeans and yeah. you don't take things seriously. So even I had to play the game. Whereas, mm. like, I would dress up corporate to meet you mm. day one. When you find me in the field, at the time I had a lot more hair than this. Mm. My afro would be out, mm. I'm wearing my jeans, my sneakers. But it was just to show the balance between mm. the corporate world and the creative world and how they could work together. And we mm. sort of shattered that to make them take us more seriously as a business, as an mm. industry, especially in the film and TV world. Mm. So Hostel was great, did that for four years. And then on top of that, it became one of the things of, if you did it once, you can do it again. Yeah. Five at home followed. Another mm. family, you know, good time sort of centric. Like mm. now let's do something that's not so middle class, yeah. but to actually show the working class and people who are working to make ends meet. So that was one show. And then once again, I realized I can't duplicate myself. Then let somebody else come and take over. So another mm. producer, Kathy Bagaya, mm. who had risen up from being... Oh, I know Kathy. You know Kathy. Yeah. So mm. Kathy started off as a scriptwriter, mm. then moved up to 
head um, head writer. Because mm. the minute I notice, this is someone who can handle the writing mm. team. My hands as head as head of production. Now I can take my hands off because everybody knows their mm. goals and what they are to deliver. She took on as producer, mm. and she actually grew that um, series. It was also another 90 episode series. That was also the thing about the Daily Show. Mm. 90 mm. episodes in. And then after that, there was another show we came up with, thanks to uh, what's that show called? Game of Thrones. Mm. You know, there's that line to Jon Snow, are you not a man, Jon mm. Snow, right? <laughs> and I remember we used to joke about it in the writing room. We'd be like, everyone would start doing something and say, are you not a man? Like, what's going on here? And we thought about that statement and said, are you not a man? If you translate it to Luganda, and my Luganda's terrible, don't kill my pronunciation. Something happens and someone says, told him such. Like, what's going on? Like, man up. So we wanted to know. What does that mean? Mm. Are you not a man? And can we flip it on its head mm. and show someone, a guy who's doing things completely opposite from what culture and tradition mm. demands of him? So my favorite time in Hostel was really, I'll be very biased, was the writing process. Mm. I like mm. the creativity and brainstorming process. All our drama was put on the table. People would be crying, but this thing happened to me when I was at uni. This guy broke up with me and this and this happened. So we were able to sort of heal ourselves through writing Hostel mm. and mm. telling the stories. And even guys from the crew would come in and pop up and say, hey, why don't you guys write about X, Y, and Z? This might be a good story to throw in. Mm. So the Hostel... Once I was able to conquer that mountain, I needed another mountain to conquer. Mm. Did, uh, did, sorry to cut you short. No, no, go on. I'm wondering, did you have any leadership skills um, that you oh. know, helped you maneuver through the, all uh, that? I'll say this. When it came to leadership, right from my days in WBS, mm. and it's something, if you notice from the time you're a child, I was always being class monitor, mm. prefect. I was yeah. always put into those positions mm. because I'm a bit bossy as a last one. I can do that mm. sometimes. But like, I think we should do this or this and then no mm. one listens to me. So it was weird when people would listen to me I'd be like, oh, okay. Mm. So that was encouraged and groomed in me. But I didn't mm. particularly like how leaders would be punished sometimes. Mm. People are talking, class teacher comes who was talking, you keep quiet, they punish you instead. Yeah. And you're like, man, this thing sucks. I don't want to do you it anymore. You have to anymore. be a snitch. You know, yeah. and you start saying it was that one, that one, yeah. and that one. But do you think that's how the real world works? No, because if let you me, try let to... Let me give you an example. Oh. If, if we have a client here at Swangs mm -hmm. and he goes through these guys and I do the work mm -hmm. and it's trash, mm -hmm. I'm not going to go to the boardroom, <laughs> but they're going to go. Yes. And then the person who is sitting yeah. on the other side of the table is like, but Ben, mm. <laughs> Yes. That's, that's <laughs> true. This is trash. Yeah, but you see, yeah, but you see now that's where, as a leader, you grow, where you can't point fingers. Yeah. Um, also realizing that when you're the leader, it looks so glamorous. I'm sure people look at you, Steve, at you, Benon, even Julius, and they're like, Matt, to be that person. I just yeah. want to be that person in that seat, calling the big shots, and in uh, the big bucks. But then people don't when understand. When you have to carry it. Yeah, when stuff hits the, the fan. Your name is the one written on the one. It's the one where people are just like, these uh, guys never work with them yeah. again. But not only that, you have to be able to take both the credit and the criticism at the same time. As willing as you want to take the credit and let everybody know that, yeah, yeah, yeah I was the person who did this. Also, when things go wrong, mm. acknowledge it and take it on, right? Yeah. So in terms of leadership, I learned a lot about empathy. And mm. this is where, as women, I would say, Ben, to answer your question, see how could we get more women involved? Mm. Women sometimes are critiqued for their emotions. You're such an emotional mm. person. You're so sensitive. Oh my goodness, mm. you're sensitive. I just said mm. this thing and you, you, you blew up. Our emotions are strength. 
And mm. I didn't realize that until much later. And I used to be one of those people who would be like, I have to be hard. I have to let people mm. know that I'm not a soft man because this is a man's world. I have to. And, and also, once again, growing up with brothers, it was that thing of don't show weakness. Mm. You have to be hard. Don't yeah. show weakness. Don't start crying. Gwe, you it's know. an African thing. Gwe, suck mm. it up. Don't so start crying. Gwe, <laughs> quickly. You know, if you start crying, they beat me. They'll be like, every time we play with you, you start crying and reporting yeah, us. So, to play with you. Yeah, so I had to harden. <laughs> so I used to think that that was a strength. Be, be strong like that. But the funny thing was, I realized also my emotions or my sensitivity, as people called it, mm. was what helped me talk to people easily. Yeah. From the time I was a kid, I could talk to anybody. You can put me anywhere. I'll start, even if there's a language barrier, I'll start boxing. Mm. There's a time mm. I was in Somalia, for goodness sake. That's yeah. a language that I, you can't even relate to any Bantu language that you mm. can sort of box around with. Yeah. It's completely different. What were but, you doing in Somalia? That's an interesting. So that was the other mountain to conquer, right? Uh, okay. <laughs> it's true. She makes money off uh, talking. Yeah. Okay. True, true, true. Mm. So... But just to answer your question, in terms of leadership, it was empathy. Um, uh, it was learning how to know that I am not always right. I don't always have the answers. To be humble That's enough to tough. accept it. Yeah. Mm. That's tough. To be humble yeah. enough to accept it. Yeah. But also not to take crap from people. That's also another thing. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, uh, don't take crap from people. Because now the balance mm. of thinking that you don't have all the answers, but yep. also not taking crap, like knowing what you want. I yes. know that no, mm. as much as I shouldn't you yes. know, think that I know everything, yeah. I also have to be confident yes. in what I believe should be. That mm. balance yeah. is very, mm. it's it's very tricky. Because tricky. Yeah. if you're not, then mm. everyone can always throw you in any yes. direction. Yeah. 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 You then have you to lose be that certain. focus. Exactly, yeah. and you've mm. said it. You have to be focused to the point where you're like, I get that you're tired. Yeah. I get that you were working until 3 a.m. last mm. yesterday, and now I am here having you back on set at 6 a.m. Mm. Yeah. I get that you're exhausted, and I'm sorry that you feel that way. And but. maybe I, I might work out something for you later on in the week where I can get you a day off. That's but a skill. we have to hit this target. TV is a monster it, that has to be fed, yeah. and it doesn't care yeah. that you didn't sleep, you that you yeah. didn't. Yeah, it's just like you have, it's waiting. It's like, give me my food. 7.30 mm. has hit on a Friday. Yeah. Where is my food? So it was having to understand, meet the person where they're at, yeah. but then know what you have to get like them from that this point. Vision. You know how mm. to make people feel like it's, it's torturing you now, but I guarantee you what is coming out of it. Mm. Like f- to, make, to bring some of that point of like, yeah, I think I can push two mm. more hours. Yeah, you, you almost have to be like a negotiator. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you've said, you've okay. said it exactly. exactly. Thank you. For yourself, yeah. please. Yeah. Trust me, I, I, I do that sometimes. Yeah, I know. Uh, because yeah, he like does. Some, sometimes we can have an 18 hour day shoot. Yes. And the client needs the cut, needs a fast cut, mm. you know. Yeah. You know, there are unreasonable timings. Yes, and, yes. You know, if we want you, it tomorrow, it's only five minutes. What's yeah, your problem? You mm. have to. It, it can be crazy. You're like, yo, we need to do this. And you have to encourage but them. We're all human. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they can get tired or they have issues at some, home. Yeah, issues at home, mm. responsibilities. Yeah, so empathy plays a lot. It does. And you also have to know when to fight for your team. Yeah, That's also another thing. My Uh whole thing with the team that I promised them, and every time I'm in a position of leadership, I'm like, I will cover you. Mm. I promise that I'll cover you. Almost acting like a buffer, a cushion, a bumper. Uh, Benedict, I'll I'll give you your flowers now. I think he's... He he does it. Applause, applause. There are are days he'll be like, yeah, I think... Mm. I think you've had a... Yeah. Yeah, let's try again. Mm. What we do, mm. 
just let's do it early tomorrow yes. instead of you know like he, yeah, he's he, able to tell that I think we've pushed No it. Some, yeah. sometimes you can see that I'm not going to get anything creative <laughs> out of this guy The tank is empty <laughs> yeah. No 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 it's absolutely and you know the, the yeah. empathy in terms of even now just protecting your people covering them but it has to be a partnership of yeah. if I cover you promise me this because we're in this this together if if, if, if things backfire and you keep things to yourself and you you shut off you switch off your phone and I can't reach you and the client's screaming at me and I'm like hey now what do I say how do I protect you so I think also being comfortable with the idea that not everybody would like you yeah Yeah. that would be my, 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 my last one in terms of and even as women, we struggle with this, but I think even as creatives, yeah. you want people to like to you. Like you want you. to get along. Yeah. You want to be a big yeah. family because that's what you've said. We're a big family here. You yeah. guys, let's look out for one another. And then you realize this person is upset with you because you made them work. Yeah. And you're like, but that's your job. Yeah. Like, that's why you, you we're here. And it's having to, once I, once I actually understood that, and luckily, once again, I put this to my childhood and my, my, my family. This whole thing of being like, they used to just mm. stop wanting to be like, like what's this whole business of you? This person mm. would be like, and then what? Did you die? Yeah. And you're still breathing? Yeah. And I'd be like, actually, the world is still moving on when this person doesn't That's why, like man, me. social media is a bad it's, syndrome. It's, yeah. Oh, we want likes, want to be liked. Yeah. The validation. And, validation. and yeah. then you go to the extreme of doing crazy things. Yeah. Yeah. Because and then at the end addiction. of the day, you're like, and that's the thing to know that you're a human being who's very fallible like you can fall for these things you'll see people falling for it saying how could Mm. you do that for likes but the truth Mm. of the matter is once you get hooked on that high it's very easy yeah it's like I need them to do it again I need them to say my thing was great I need them and I'm really thankful that even for me when social media was just starting up when the hostel was out like doing these things of recaps. I was learning mm. from other shows. I'd look and see what, how do they promote and then I'd do the same thing. Mm. You have to write a synopsis for every sh- episode. You have to be able to do an episode tag. Mm. The NTV programming manager, Pamela Amwai, would be teaching me these things. So Le, you have to do this. Mm. This is our client telling mm. me what to do. Yeah. So that was the partnership. I had to say, okay, let me learn what I need to do in order to execute this job. The constant learning, I cannot express it enough. Mm. You will never know everything. Yeah. I had to read a book about project management. It was mm. a short, there's a life mm. skills sort of series. Mm. It was a, that's where all my Do you money know what was it's going. Called? I'll find it, but I know it's very small and mm. it's called project management, life skills, something. It's like a series, different mm. things. So oh, I remember it would important. give me, it's, and it's just short, you know, if you don't want to read too much, just they're like. We'll need to dig it up and yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. Because uh, we'll, uh, that here we have uh, uh, Bernard and Julius. Mm. Like sometimes we have a show. Mm-hmm. And that show has to be detailed yeah. up to almost like every minute. Like yeah. what happens at eight? Yeah. Mm. Who is coming on? What mm. are they going to say? What yes. are they going mm. to wear? What yes. are they, like everything has to be, the project has to be managed. Yeah, mm. because now when you, the, the tea, mm. because Steve, yeah. when you think about even you as a musician, I, I was very fortunate to watch Steve perform mm. just on camera. I mean, on, on a laptop. Mm. But I saw how you engaged. <laughs> he thinks that. Yeah. Uh, don't worry. I'll, uh, next time, I'll take you to watch him live. Not on laptop. Not on laptop. Uh, it's a different experience. Please. But, but you, there's a way in which you engaged with the audience and you said, I want you to sing along. And I think yeah. it was, I love what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you put it in a way that the experience was what was, because it was at a SOFA event, right? Yeah. And please Google SOFA. I don't even have the thing to explain it. Maybe, maybe Steve will. But you made it such an experience for the audience that even me who was watching on the laptop, I felt like I was there. I was just like, man, this would have been cool if I was there to experience it. So even now as you're talking about Benon and Julius and how they're planning minute by minute, what's the experience you're giving to your audience? Yeah, the experience. reason why you're doing what you're That's doing. That's a big one. Yeah. 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 
But what did you study? I studied uh, broadcast journalism. So I did mass communication. Oh. I'll have you know that I was kicking and fighting every step of my education. I just, I feel so bad for my parents. But I was just one of those kids who was just like, I, I don't mm-hmm. get the school system. Yeah. I really don't. I don't get the me cram too. work. I don't, yeah. get, I don't get why you won't explain to me yeah. if I put up my hand mm-hmm. I'm being punished for it. So yeah. I, it used to frustrate me a lot. And the only subjects where there was freedom, English literature. Yeah. Um, things to do with English composition. So when I finally went to A-level and I was doing history, economics, and literature, and divinity, I love divinity because, of course, it's a different way of studying the Bible. You're studying now the history of the times. You know? yeah. You're not just studying what Jesus said or what mm. Moses said. What were they eating? What was the landscape like? Okay. The stories are written. They're just in the little text. Yeah. So as a result, I wanted to so do... The, those people did healthy or yes, something? Yes, healthy. I did healthy. I did healthy. Oh, Hated okay. eco- I, economics, though, but, you know. I was just like, can't I do, like remove the E and I can do everything else. No, it's never been done before. So I liked, when I was studying that, I I was curious about what I was going to study at university. I didn't even want to go to university. I was like, I can't, there's nothing there for me. I don't see see the point. At 19? Yeah. I I thought people usually don't know what they... I think they do. They do? But they don't, they're not encouraged to... smart ones. Mm -hmm. Those ones. The no. Lucas Gizzy ones. <laughs> the, the ones with big The ones who wear glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't wearing glasses at that time. But yeah, I would be one of those big-headed kids. But I'd say big-headed in the sense that I was curious. That was my curiosity. thing. Curiosity. Yeah, well, that's a good word. Yeah. In fact, yeah. when people ask, can creativity be taught? Mm. Someone, I'll, I'll drop another book title here, mm. Curiosity by Brian Grazer. Mm. He's the one okay. who finally changed my mind about yeah. it because I believed creativity could be taught. Brian Grazer says it can't. He said, creativity can't be taught. What can be taught is curiosity. If you can encourage people to be curious, curious. they are creative, creative naturally. You the creativity I mean? will come in. Okay, so <laughs> for you, do you believe creativity can be taught? No, now I don't. Okay. At mm. first, but, and, and I, I might, past me might be like, what? Mm. Mm. Um, I think it can be taught, but when I looked clearly at how I teach creativity, it's curiosity. Yeah, that's what I was about. Like, yeah. I feel like curiosity is the foundation yeah. mm. of creativity. Yeah. Like, you want to see what's going to come out mm-hmm. of... If yeah. we do this, yeah. that, if we Even science. Yes. Yeah. yeah, science yeah. is an art. When you look yeah. at it, it's just mm. something fascinating and beautiful because you're yeah. wondering how, you know, there's this really tiny thing that I just discovered called a springtail insect. It's so... It's, you can barely see it, but it jumps really high. Like, it's like a tiny mm. thing and it jumps from here to there. And I was just like, hmm. Never really bothered about it on YouTube as usual. Mm. Some guy has a, a, a channel dedicated to all these amazing insects. Mm. And he actually documents how the springtail jumps. And it moves in a very fascinating way. Yeah. It almost does a rumble, tumble mm. before it lands, I think, on its back. Like, it's not very graceful on mm. land, yeah. but very graceful on water, how yeah. it lands. So, curiosity is what led him down that path. Because he used mm. his scientific equipment that was meant for something else to say, mm. I wonder what's in my backyard and if I can do mm. this. And he showed how he even caught it, just puts mm. like a bright tala like that, <sighs> a mosquito net, things mm. go in, he gathers them, takes you them know to his what? lab. So mm. I feel like that's the extreme mm. of what society does to us. Like, because mm. mm. in society, unfortunately in some societies, like there's, there's a certain way or path that everyone is supposed to take. Yeah. Mm. So, it's, that's one side. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who jump out of that. I like, but what yeah. is on the other? What mm. is outside? Yes, this be, box. Being a doctor or mm. being Actually, a lawyer. Like, what the, is outside that? I feel yeah. the African uh, or even the Ugandan education system yeah. sometimes suppresses that. Yeah. It suppresses our curiosity, mm. our creativity. Yeah. Um, 
so we like it's almost like a cookie cutter <laughs> system. <laughs> yeah. uh, they all want we know that one, no? yes. cram, yeah. go to Makere, mm-hmm. get a job. Uh, and and you understand you understand why yeah. it is the way it is. I mean even now with the, you're asking me how I ended up in in Somalia. One of the things that I did in between after I'd done the hostel, five at home, I did also just co-produced a, a Turning Around Uganda policy series that came as a result of an argument between me and my boss that I think 2011 elections were coming up. And he was like, you need to go and register to vote. I was like, yeah, I'm not interested. Mm. Like, if you're giving me time off, I'm using those days to sleep because I barely had a day off since I started this job. And he was like, so Leah, you're the reason why this nation, is, your generation is responsible for why it went backwards. I said, you're the very people who brought in the issue that yeah. you're claiming. So now why yeah. is it our, our responsibility it to fix it? Yeah. But it's like, you have to, you not participating is you being part of the problem. Yeah. So we... I just got into an argument with him where I said, if I can't see the difference, and if I just see the same saga being repeated year after year, if you're just telling me one person is responsible for the state of the country, that doesn't make sense to me. Mm. Show me how I, as an ordinary Ugandan woman, can make an impact. As a normal citizen with no connections, I have Mm. no clout, what can I do? And that's how Turning Around, he created the idea. Mm. He then created Turning Around Uganda, which was now talking to people from all sectors, education, health. What do you think we can do? What do you think mm. we can do to fix it? Simon Cassiati hosted that one. And I remember that being really amazing and saying, oh, I thought I wasn't interested in politics. Turns out I am. It's, so it's, after doing that, yeah, sorry, God. No, you were so, talking about, I was going to talk about one story that Bede usually tells, how art comes out of with the weirdest places, yes. how that song mm. came about. Yeah. <laughs> Some guy was really hungry. Yeah. Was like, but guy, the guys, I'm, I'm starving. Yes. Yeah. Give me some money. Otherwise, like, I'm going to do something, something to myself. Yes. Oh, wow. Can you imagine? Like you know, yeah. Like, I might kill myself. Yeah. yeah. And then Mose was like, you know what? Yeah. That's, that's, that's can, a story. Can that's be a, song, a dope yeah. song. And it is, and, and, nice and relating to the human emotion, like, you know, do you even know what it's like to be so hungry that all you're thinking yeah. of is, I'll, I'll finish myself, I'll it comes, my, yeah, hey. I'll do myself harm if, I, if you don't help me out right now. Yeah. I think that's pretty powerful. Yeah. And just paying attention to that. So, so in Somalia, it, it so was anyway, work still? Somalia was work still. So Somalia had come, had been presented to me as an opportunity before, mm-hmm. but this was in the early days of 2011 when things were really, really bad there. I think UPDF had just been, uh, you know, Amazon had just deployed. been created. Mm. UPDF had just been deployed. It was talk of bombings and everything happening there every day. And someone said, oh, you know, there's an opportunity to come and teach female journalists here. And I was mm. like, oh, okay, cool. I'll do it. Because it was something new. For me, that's my thing. My kryptonite is a new idea. Just wave it in front of me and see if I won't jump. No. The kryptonite is actually that. You just okay. give me an idea. And I just... And that's what I'm trying to, to, to walk away from. The whole yeah. kryptonite thing, I'm just like, keep it away from me because if it's not paying, I shouldn't look at it. Yeah. So, because with bombs yeah. flying over, there should be more money. There should be, but still yeah. the money wasn't enough. I remember I, I brought the idea to my mom and she said, over my dead body. And I was mm. like, Ish, my time now parents start mm. saying those things. She was like, I have never at any point in time stopped you from doing what you want. Yeah. This right here? Nope. No. Nope. So in 20, and this is the importance, and this is how I have to tell people, when it comes to hiring people, I hired a friend and a former colleague from NTV because he, he was perfect for that job. Um, he's called Tony Moangala. So Tony came in mm. to be my deputy head of production. And 
Tony had an opportunity that came up and he needed to go for it. He was really, he said, I have to, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. I'm so sorry. I know I've just come in and I'm leaving, but um, this is something that I can't pass on. So we were able, sorry, we were able to, um, to give him a, we just said, okay, fine. If you can't, that's totally fine. You can go, no hard feelings. Then Tony reached out to me a couple of, I think weeks later and just said, hey, Solea, there's this opportunity in Somalia. Are you interested? I was like, Somalia has come again, second time around. Okay. Mm. By this time I'd God left. I'd already left. Yeah, God is saying, go, eh? I mm. know it's, it's, it's the, what is it? The desert you're going to, but you go. I'm yeah. sending you to Egypt. Mm. So the opportunity came up and it was a time when things were really, really hard for me. Um, one of the things that I advise creatives is also to take care of yourselves. You cannot mm. pour from an empty cup. Yeah. yeah. I'd spent four years without a break. And I was pouring constantly. You know, the show, and there were shows now. They were demanding more and more of me. Mm. And it just got to the point where I just said, I, I can't, this, I'm tapped out, I'm dry. There's mm. nothing more that I have to give. I'm not creating any new ideas. I am not doing, I'm just in autopilot. Mm. I even had a friend take a photo of me. I was just like, well, I have to document this moment. Take a photo so that I remember. If, I'm, if I act foolish next time and think I can do this again, I need to remind myself. So I left hostel. Great, I mean, fast track productions, great paying job mm. at the top of my game. I think most people are like, you're an idiot for leaving. Mm. But I just kept thinking, I need something new and I need something different. But things became very tight. Now, you can be at the top of your game at that time. I, could, I can say that I was probably one of the most renowned producers at the time. Mm. Had been able to prove my worth by producing a show that produced money, mm. as my boss had asked. And not even just one show, but many shows. And it wasn't just me alone, of course. It was a whole team of people plus the, the leadership team. But I had proved my worth, right? Mm. And I couldn't get a job. Yeah. Like guys looked at me and said, you are too expensive. We cannot hire you. And mm. I remember thinking, what the heck? You are the same people who are hyping me mm. up like, man, so like, if you leave those guys, me, I'll hire you. Mm. I'll hire you in a heartbeat. Do you know how much money you could be making? So I thought, okay. Um, within six months, my savings that I'd put up maybe mm. for a year were tapped out. Mm. I took on productions that I shouldn't have. Mm. You know, you start doing documentaries where they say, go to Arua, go to Kabale, mm. go to this. I'm carrying uh, maybe a five-man mm. uh, team accommodation, travel, mm. everything is on me because it's those things of after 30 working days mm. or after 90 working we'll days will pay, pay you. Mm. And that thing just broke me. And I remember thinking, what the heck? For the first time in my life, I hit rock bottom. I was like, mm. it doesn't matter how brilliant I am. It doesn't matter that I'm probably the most gifted person in, in this industry. It doesn't matter that I have all these connections. I cannot seem to get any work. Mm. But the good thing was at that time was when I met uh, up with my cousin Ben of, uh, Benon of uh, Katumba of uh, South Africa, the mm. popoperatic group. And I just casually talked to him one day. I, I, I think one time he came home to visit my folks. And Is that really, you know Ben? South that Africa. Ben. Mm. That Ben. Hey. The one who... who He's my good friend. That yes. guy is a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Ben, good ben guy. is great. Yeah. So Ben... I think is also the last born of his family. Very, very quiet. Comes from a loud family. Singers, gifted and everything. So whenever he would come home, he was a quiet kid. He wouldn't talk much. He was shy. I was just like, this cousin who doesn't like jazz. You know, you can't, if you can't keep up with us, man, I'm going to leave you behind. So one time he comes home to see my dad. Um, they're very close. He comes home to see him and he's driving this massive ranger pickup. Like, I remember looking at it saying, this thing looks like it's out of 24. Like, what the heck? <laughs> so he comes out of it. I'm like, hold up. This homie was footing just the other day. Uh, Who's right? This guy's so like, it's my car. Like, mm. He goes in, talks to my dad. Everything goes well. Then he leaves. So I asked my dad, what's Ben's story? He said, you didn't know. This guy has performed for Prince Charles. Over. Uh, he's performed where his group yeah, is doing well. Yeah, I was just like, get out. So that's when I sat with my cousin. I was just like, tell me about your story. Mm. I spent close to maybe a full week 
talking to Ben, talking to the rest of his colleagues, George, uh, Charles, mm. sat with them and talking I heard everybody's story of how they got to where they were. And I just thought, once again, the goosebumps came and I said, mm. this story has to be told. So I came up with the, the idea of opera in the dusty city. I wanted to showcase African music talent that had not been presented the way it was typically presented. So I wrote it, but I had no money. Mm. Remember, I'm broke. I've already spent mm. all my money on everything else. An opportunity comes knocking. Esther, who used to be the editor at Hostel, says, Soleil, Maisha Film Lab mm. and HBO have put out a call for female directors. HBO. Yeah, you can do this thing. Yeah. I first looked at the requirements. When I saw mm. must have script ready and character Bible, I said, I'm ready. Yeah. I have it. Yeah. So I say this to say, stay ready so that you don't have stay. to get ready. Mm. Right? Stay ready so that you don't have to get ready. Stay ready so when that the, you don't have to get ready. Yeah, when the mm. opportunity presents mm. itself, yeah, mm. you just go. You're like, I have it. I have the song. You yeah. know, someone be like, Oh, Steve, I'm. Looking, I have the song. Yeah. Song list. Yeah. Right. The album's already complete. I, yeah. I managed to complete this. Yeah. Shania Twain, in an interview on a podcast called The Great Creators uh, by Guy Raz, talked about how during lockdown she wrote three studio albums content worth yeah. three studio albums because yeah. she said I had time yeah. mm. for the first time I'm not being put on pressure of deliver, yeah. deliver, mm. deliver by the record label so because I was ready I submitted immediately and I was selected I just had this gut feeling I was like this thing was meant for me I have yeah. to do it so myself and another lady called Jangara Michelle won and we went through the process of mentorship me who thought boy you know I have 10 years under mm. my belt I did the hostel 400 yeah. episodes down what are mm. you saying I know my stuff I went back to being a student yeah. having to be told that's not how you write the script write it mm. like this this is not how you, you you place the cameras you place them like this mm. I had to you know it got to a point where I had to it was a mantra in my head mm. bite you your have, tongue you had to unlearn no yeah and I had to bite mm. my tongue I was mm. like bite your tongue don't say but oh. for me it was bite your tongue you wanted to yeah. I for think me, you should. This is how I've yeah. always done it. And my mentor who was working with me was Zipi Kumondo. Zipi Kumondo, right? I was working with her and a whole bunch of other mentors who walked me through the process of script writing. And you guys, that unlearning. Four people talking to you saying mm. how you're thinking, yeah, trashing it like this. Yeah. No, remove mm. this. So the one thing I also had to fight for during that process, I said, okay, I'm here to learn. And then they said, you can only pick one character. Ben sounds like the person mm. whom we should be focusing. Pick on Ben. Mm. I said, the homie himself has told me, if it's not him, I mean, if it's not all of them, he's not doing it. Mm. So my compromise was, the story is the main character. I mean, the music is the main character. Yeah. And that's how I wrote Opera in the Dusty City. Yeah. Another person who believed in me after that, uh, Phoebe, who was uh, the, the program director at Maisha, then pushed me forward to go to a film festival. Mm. It was in July, Sweden, up north. I'd never been to this place. The African girl was freezing. <laughs> and my film was the opening film. You guys, I had led myself. You know, I had my, my hoodie. I had a jacket. I had gloves. I had everything. The minute my film started to play, so everything shaking. started coming. I took mm. off the jacket. I mm. took off the gloves. Like, I was sweating in the mm. background. And then to have people clap. Mm. And then they asked, in Uganda, you mean you have these things? Yeah. Do yeah. you have the... And I'm looking at them like... Like, yeah. I was like the ambassador I was like man if you are you into uh, adventure man mm. we have the white water yeah. rafting we have uh, all the big five that mm. you can see we have a mountain that you can climb that has mm. snow like I went into it really deep so mm. I had those people who believed in me now during the process while I was doing opera in the dusty city came um, Tony who said Solaire there's this opportunity Mogadishu do you want to go I said mm. heck yeah I have like zero shillings in my account yes mm. please I don't care they said, all right, that interview happened so quickly. In 48 hours, I got the job. But they first asked me, do you know where you're coming? Mm. 
Because you're just saying, yes, do you know where you're mm. coming? I said, yeah, I'm aware of where I'm coming. It's Mogadishu, it's in Somalia, it's up mm. north, Horn of Africa, I know where I'm going. Mm. So I said, yeah, we're looking for a deputy head of production. Uh, we're part of the information support team here and we support AMISOM and, the, and UNSOM specifically, uh, which has to do with more of the political side of things. And I was like, yeah, cool. I went into another situation where it didn't matter how creative you were. Mm. This is a different environment. You can't go out and shoot. Yeah. At least Ooh, then, I couldn't. Yeah. You can't just go out and shoot. You cannot go and interview people on the streets. Yeah. You cannot do... There were so many limitations that creativity took a different turn. How mm. do we recycle content that we already have? Mm. How do we go about pushing messaging that we need to do in a different manner? Mm. And how do you listen to the people of the country, of this specific yeah. place, about their own culture? Mm. Your things of hey, for us it's kawa. Women can talk to men anyhow. Mm. There's no disrespect there. But then there, there's a different way in which you have the to do it. The dimensions are different. Yeah. Study the culture that you've come into. Yeah. Don't come in and say, for me, the way I do things is mm. right. You guys, you culture don't know. Shock. So it was a culture thing of, once again, becoming a student. Sit back and observe. How are things done? Work in a very hostile environment. Yet you have to put out this programming. So it was a challenge on my creativity. My leadership skills were tested. Mm. They were really tested to the point where I was just like, Yamawe. I learned mm. about managing expectations of clients, but at the same time, you also have to manage your team at the same time. And then mm. there are people whom you have to please. You still but have to live. Did you make some money? Of course, the money was made. Mm. But the thing was, and that's the at thing least. I think some people get deceived by, um, especially when you're going to work in hostile environments, you earn every mm. single penny that yeah, you, you are work working for. It. It's not that guys are dishing out things mm. of, hey, here's the money. It's for you who are going to work. A situation where you're thinking everything in your body is telling you, run, leave, move. Mm. You have to stay there and work. The first time I experienced a bomb attack yeah. and then had to go back. I remember just going like, are we going back to work? And guys were like, yeah. where do you think we are? Like, mm. what's wrong with you? Like, you know how you feel that when they, they blow up rocks mm. in Muyenga mm. and the place sort of shakes? Mm. That would be the sensation. So you hear it, but my mind wasn't connecting. But then after, when you start hearing bullets, what you're mm. like, oh, oh, okay, this is, this is real, this, this is, is different. Yeah. But then we were not in the front line. That's the thing I have to make very clear. We were quite safe where we were. Yeah. But, and was realizing that there are other people, of course, who are sacrificing their life and whose lives are yeah. really, really in danger. But it was being aware of that environment and working in it, working in that pressure and being able to deliver the work as your client has. Everything was really time-bound you have to deliver. Mm. So I was there for about two years. Um, it taught me a lot about leadership, about also relying on myself a lot. Mm. There are things that can be stripped away from you that you don't realize, the things that you could commonly lean on. Oh, I can easily pick up the phone and call Ben and ask him for some music tracks. I mm. need Hosea to come and shoot, whatever it might be. Oh, I need mm. Steve to help me with this. It's not there anymore. Yes. Now yeah. you sort of have to work with what you've got. But I met some really amazing people there. And um, yeah, we did. I think we were there for the, first, the country's first elections that were being held there. Because that's how huge an event it was. Um, and it was, it was, it was incredible. Mm. Um, we had amazing leaders. My goodness, our, our team leaders were amazing. Um, there were really people who were able to guide us through the madness. And you know, while you're there losing your mind, but I get this thing at And it's like, relax. Mm. It's okay. How, I mean, uh, did you ever... Did HBO ever take the show? Opera, no, now that was the thing. At the time, is HBO, it, is that, is that what it Dusty was? City, oh, uh, yeah, Dusty Dust City, yeah, Opera uh, in the Dusty City. At the time, they were going through uh, management change. I think there was a buy over. There were changes that were happening there. So the person who was responsible for the project left. But so the film is, is there. I mean, it's online. You can actually just Google it. No, and but find what are you going to do about it? Well, I, I don't know. That's a very good question, Steve. Okay. What, so, uh, do you, I know do you we're running out of time, but let, what, let what are you doing up. now? Hmm? 
Is, is it on now? YouTube or? No, it's not on YouTube, but it should be on the Maisha Film oh, um, okay, website. Oh, okay, on the website. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll check it out. Mm. Okay, so what am I doing now? Well, right now, what I decided to do was, I was challenged by, a ch- I've told this story so many times, but you guys will be hearing it for the first time, thank goodness. But I was challenged by um, a young man when I attended a masterclass that Natasha Sinayopia was holding. Mm. And during the Q&A session, uh, one of the guys stood up to say, you know, you guys as the older group are not doing anything to help us who are coming behind you. You're very mm-hmm. quick to critique our work when you put it out there. You trash it. You say, you know, you guys weren't using the right angles. You, the mm. story was off. There was all these things. And when we reach out to you for help, you guys are too busy. You don't mm. have the time. You say, I, I have other things to do. Whatever it might be, you brush us off. So what I've decided to do uh, moving forward, this next decade of my life is really going to be heavily focused on giving back and teaching mm. Um, so my main purpose is actually to push how to help people tell their story. Okay. Um, and everybody needs that skill set. You know, even as musicians, as, as, as people who create content, mm. how important it is to know how to tell your story for the right audience. Mm. So whether you're a student who's applying to go to university, because most universities now require two-minute videos, um, especially mm. if you're applying abroad, or you're someone who's a YouTuber, TikToker, a video gamer as how, well. How are you doing that? Do you have like a masterclass website? Well, hopefully that... there, there's some plans, hopefully. Okay. There's some plans to do that, to take it to be more viral. But for now, yeah. I do have a channel called The Narrative Strategist, where I do help, you know, just those little channel tidbits. Yeah, that's on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, okay. The Narrative Strategist. Okay. Just to help people get started on how they can start telling their story in a very easy to consume sort of manner that's that sounds really exciting it's yeah. a it's a it's a it's been interesting to hear mm. all the stories for uh, plus your journey and, yeah and i i love the fact that um a lot of people at when you get to 40s 50s mm. um they get to a point where now we just want to uh, teach, yeah. uh, encourage, mm-hmm. and you know, inspire. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I think it's it's fulfilling. <laughs> it's well, it's been lovely. <laughs> That's uh, a Lukanda You're still fighting for the same things as the twenty-year-olds. You know, it can't it can't be your story. Actually, yeah, you end up frustrated and. So we're doing our trivia before, oh. before we end the show. <laughs> okay. So the rules are no explanations. Okay. Yeah, just, just one answer, or just answer away. the question. Okay. We right. go? Yes. Men or women? Men. Pants or a dress? Pants. Social media or mass media? Mass media, oh, social media. <laughs> so which one is it? I wanted to, you to explain it, but it's no, no explanation. No, mm. Okay, mass some, media. Actually, some of them are tricky. They might get you in trouble. Okay, but, mass mm. media then. Mm-hmm. Okay, mass media. Mm-hmm. The hostel or hot steps? Hostel. Korean soaps or Nigerian Korean movies? Korean soaps. <laughs> <laughs> Books or YouTube? Books. Richard Twanje or Helen Lukoma? Helen Lukoma. Richard will understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Tolea. Thank you for having Everybody, me. Everybody uh, watching the channel, please subscribe, like, share, 
follow comment and all those other things thank you for hanging out with us and tonight we had the one and only Munyana. I like thank that you. name. Thank Munyana. You, thank you. Munyana. <laughs> Man, it's a shame it means Akayana. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming thank out. You hey. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Thank hey. you.